And welcome to another summer edition of Lost in Science across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Over the summer period, we at Lost in Science take a little break and we hear from stories from other science storytellers, including scientists and science enthusiasts. Today, we hear from Dr. Claire Hampson, who is the creator of an award-winning Fringe Festival art piece, uh, and has written and performed in plays and sketch comedy in the Melbourne Fringe and Comedy Festivals. She also script advisors for the ABC TV show The Dr. Blake Mysteries, and actually is the person who came up with the name Laboratory and performed at the very first show in 2013. Her background in anatomy and forensic pathology may not have prepared her for her story on the show this week, she is actually looking into Bitcoin. So you may have heard of Bitcoin. It is a cryptocurrency which is currently in the news because of its amazing uh, performances, dropping huge amounts and gaining huge amounts um, over time. She is actually going to be looking into the originator of Bitcoin, uh, someone called Satoshi Nakamoto, and she's using her forensic skills to track down who is Satoshi Nakamoto and whether he is actually a real person or not. So stay tuned for Claire Hampson. talking about blood, I am sorry, but I'm actually talking about an, a very famous scientist. And this scientist is very, very famous, even though all they did was release one paper and write a bit of code. That paper was not released to a peer-reviewed journal, but it was, in fact, um, just sort of sent to a cryptography email list. And the paper was called, um, actually mentioned before, uh, Bitcoin, hang on, Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system. 
And basically, this paper um, described a bit of an idea, a bit of a system of how you could transfer money person to person uh, without needing a bank to be involved, um, without needing trust to be involved, because the way it sort of worked out was a giant ledger, um, in a nutshell, where everyone had access to the ledger simultaneously. So it was kind of difficult to um, sort of try and rewrite it or manipulate it or attack it, because essentially everyone knew what the ledger said. And this... Um, Ledger was made up of blocks, and the blocks are lined up serially, so it's a block chain. And um, the currency that you can spend on this, um, on this network uh, is called Bitcoin. And the work that's done... So basically everyone on this network is maintaining this big ledger. Um, uh, the work that's done, you sort of get rewarded by generating Bitcoin to spend on the network. And that's called mining Bitcoin. Now, I'm using a lot of this because this is not my area of expertise and probably lots of people out here know more about Bitcoin itself. But I thought it was such a good story, I was going to tell it anyway. So we've got this thing called Bitcoin. The paper was published in 2008, sharing the idea of it. And then the code kind of followed later. And actually, the first operation of this whole Bitcoin system started in January 2009. And surprisingly... Or, not surprisingly, um, a way of transferring money that was peer-to-peer, -peer, no banks involved, um, secure, irreversible, and completely anonymous, amazingly, took off. <laughs> you can imagine what people were using it for, but in the last um, sort of eight years since it started, we've actually had Bitcoin um, really grow from being a sort of slightly dodgy thing um, to actually being used in legitimate businesses. You can pay for things now in proper shops, not just drug dealers and um, uh, paying ransomware attacks. Uh, you can also pay for real things in real shops. And we even have a Bitcoin ATM here in Melbourne. So it's like it's getting its legs. And it's getting worth something as well. So um, initially, obviously, when this sort of system was started. This basically this network emerged out of nothing. Obviously, Bitcoin was worth nothing. But um, now, this week I checked uh, on a... Um, on, on Google. All right, I checked on Google. And um, <laughs> a single Bitcoin was worth 5,514 Australian dollars. Yeah, what? Um, does anyone have any Bitcoin? Yes! Did you buy it a long time ago? Yes! Drinks on that girl! So, <laughs> yeah, so it's become this amazing thing. And, um, yeah, it, it's not... So it was the, sort of the first of the online currencies to really sort of, like, been taken up. It wasn't a new idea, online currency, or... Yeah, it's, it was the first one of them, and now there's a few others springing up too. Um, so who do we have to thank for that? Of course, the author of this paper the person who scripted the ideas, and that is Satoshi Nakamoto. Does anyone know who Satoshi Nakamoto is? He wrote a paper on Bitcoin. <laughs> I was going to say, if anyone said yes, you're lying. Do you know why? Because no one actually knows who Satoshi Nakamoto is. Well, obviously, Satoshi, Satoshi does, but like no one else. It is an absolute mystery, and it's driving people crazy. So... It wasn't really until a few years after this Bitcoin um, paper had come out and the network had started running and it started to take off a bit, people started to get involved, people sort of thought, hang on a minute, um, Satoshi didn't really exist before this paper, like there's no one in crypto, 
cryptography, cryptocurrency that knew about Satoshi. Um, Satoshi sent a random sort of email in 2011, two years after starting it, saying, oh, I moved on to other things, so kind of disappeared. And then after that, Satoshi really didn't say anything else ever again. And everyone realised no one had ever spoken to Satoshi because it was all online. And actually, who was this person? Um, Sorry. I think also the mystery really deepened and really got more people involved because when people were thinking, oh, who is this Satoshi, what's going on? Someone actually did a bit of an analysis of early Bitcoin mining and actually looked at sort of patterns and worked out what mining was probably done by the first machine, the Satoshi machine, and they calculated that the Satoshi, the Satoshi basically has probably got about 980,000 Bitcoin from the mining in that two years before they decided to just move on to other things. So... Um, I think that just widens the mystery because, like, who doesn't need $5 billion? You know what I'm saying? Like, who's like, oh, I prefer my privacy? You know, it's like, you've got $5 billion. Like, just, like, buy an island and get some privacy on that. You know, like, it's just, it just boggles. Like, who is just sitting there going, no, I don't need that? Um, so the hunt started. And being the internet and being a lot of people really involved in the internet and this, um, a lot of things were done. And um, what can we know about Satoshi? So one, Satoshi is a slippery bugger. Satoshi, um, all the email addresses from Satoshi were generated by one of those companies that's designed to make untraceable email addresses. So from the very go, there was a no link there. IP addresses were all Tor generated, so it was like... You know, you couldn't, you couldn't decide where they were from. Someone looked at all of the IP addresses and apparently once Satoshi actually posted from somewhere near, like, LA kind of place, maybe. Um, if you analyse um, the time when Satoshi posted, which someone did, um, you look at all the posts, there's a bit of a dead time between 6am um, and 11am Greenwich Meridian time. So people kind of thought, oh, maybe that's just when he, Satoshi sleeps. So... Um, Maybe that's someone, maybe equivalent to someone being in, in the US, possibly. So we've got another US link. Um, Satoshi obviously knows quite a bit about computers, but if you analyse the code that he wrote, which people have, um, they comment that it doesn't have a lot of the conventions of a normal software engineering type coding. So there's something maybe, maybe not quite software engineering background, maybe computer science of another type. And probably they're not called Satoshi Nakamoto. Probably they're not Japanese. And I think one of the biggest clues to that is that nowhere in anything, paper, writing, coding, anything, is a Japanese character or a Japanese word. Um, even in the early translations of this program, we had, like, German and Spanish, and, like, there's no Japanese translation. It just seemed a little bit weird um, for this person. If you look at the writing of Satoshi, if you read all the posts that um, Satoshi made... In, during the two years, which I did. Um, I got sucked into this so badly, guys. I'm so sorry, like, you're in for a long ride because I seriously have been in the internet. <laughs> really? Okay. So, reading the words of Satoshi, some of the things that struck me as being sort of really quite colloquial and quite... Um, uh, sort of remind me of, like, maybe someone who's um, not an... Um, sorry, a native English speaker. Things like, um, in the actual code, allowing messages to bunch up um, everyone present may see the shenanigans going on. Um, it's a toss-up based on which gets into proof of work first. Uh, sorry to be a wet blanket, but writing a description for general audiences is bloody hard and there's nothing to relate it to. 
So, yeah. Uh, looking at the spelling, when Satoshi writes, we've got American or Canadian sort of Z use with randomised, serialised, specialised. But then when he wrote the word check, um, it just ended in a Q-U-E, not with a C-K like maybe an American person would do. And then when talking about money, Satoshi says cents. Not yen, cents. <laughs> so, um, yeah. A few clues there that maybe this person isn't who they said they were. Um, I did also look, I, got, I told you I got really into this, um, why call yourself Satoshi if you're not a Japanese person called Satoshi? And I fit it into the anagram um, generator just to see in case there was a clue. Um, I came up with, aha, toast kimonos. <laughs> Probably a clue. And, um, or Satanist amok. Ooh. The ooh was part of the anagram. Clues. I'm finding clues. No, 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 no. Yeah, and if you translate Satoshi, um, you can get cleverness and intention. Oh, maybe that was the clever intention of Satoshi. But you also get village delicious and hometown purple. So it's probably not that reliable as a clue. Clues. Okay. So, um, yeah. What are we up to? So, I think I'm about to summarise. Oh, yeah. Male or female? It's probably male, but um, I would love it to be Jodie Whittaker as a big reveal. That would be so amazing. And I love that someone went, ah, because they get it. And I love that Laboristor is the kind of place that I can talk about Doctor Who in front of so many people. So in summary, what we probably are looking for is an English-speaking male computer person of some kind, stays up late, trusts no one, hates banks and governments and being told what to do and has a hard-on for Japan. We have not narrowed this down, people. I'm serious. I could probably a few on my phone. Like, it just... We, who is Satoshi? It looked like we would never find them until late 2015 when someone stepped up. Australia on the Community Radio Network, you're listening to Lost in Science.
I'm Maggie Darren Pocock, and you're listening to Lost in Science on 3CR. We'll now return to Dr. Claire Hampson from a 2017 Labora story where she will use her forensic skills to try and uncover exactly who is Satoshi Nakamoto, the originator of the world famous uh, cryptocurrency Bitcoin. Let's go back to Claire Hampson right now. You are listening to Lost in Science. Yeah. Satoshi, it looked like we would never find them until late 2015 when someone stepped up and said, Hello, my name is Satoshi Nakamoto. You killed my father. Prepare to die. All right, no, I didn't say the last bit. But shockwaves went through the internet because Satoshi was here and Satoshi was an Australian man named Craig. When you got in a name like Craig, I'm sorry to all the Craigs in the room, but if it elicits spontaneous laughter from an audience, honestly, like, that was pretty much how the internet reacted. What? There is no way that our hero, our beloved, our genius Bitcoin man, Satoshi Nakamoto, is an Australian called Craig Wright. But, bear with me. Craig Wright was actually outed as Satoshi, not from him, well, maybe from himself, but <laughs> by um, Gizmodo, I think was uh, mentioned before, as, one of the, as part of the tech press. And they found an email that Craig had written to his friend Dave from 2008. And <laughs> why? Is Dave also funny? <laughs> am, I, am I an idiot for believing an email that they found? Um, it says... I need your help editing a paper I'm going to release later this year. I have been working on a new form of electronic money, BitCash, Bitcoin. You are always there for me, Dave. I want you to be a part of it as well. I cannot release it as me. It's just perfect. GMX, VistoMail and Tor, all the methods he used to hide himself. I need your help and I need a version of me to make this work that is better than me. Pretty much explains it all. We can go home now. Except... This is science. We want more proof, right? Because anyone can fake an email, surely. And if you're such an like, amazing computer person, how has someone hacked your email 
just like that, and sent it to Gizmodo. So anyway, Craig Wright has a few other credentials that could potentially um, be relevant. He did work as a coder in the Air Force. Uh, he's worked in computer security. Uh, he helped start up an online casino. He has done some qualifications, not necessarily finished, but started qualifications in digital forensics, physics, theology, management, network security, law, statistics, quantitative finance. According to his mum, he was totally that dorky teen swishing a Japanese sword around in the backyard and trying to be a ninja. Um, he was let go from his job uh, due to the GFC in 2008, so he had a lot of time on his hands. Pretty angry at the banks, probably. And there are some legal documents floating around um, regarding a trust account that he set up with that friend Dave um, that he sent an email to. Um, Dave uh, actually is a real person. And Dave is also a um, security and forensics IT person, uh, expert. Um, he also he lives on the east coast of the USA. Mm, could be. Um, but unfortunately, uh, but also conveniently, uh, passed away two years before these claims came out. So the only person who could back up whether that email was real is not here anymore. So, luckily, the proof doesn't have to come from Dave because part of the blockchain system is that it's kind of like time-stamped and like recorded and basically you have a key to the blocks that you made. So if you mined a block, then you've got the access to the Bitcoin of that. And only you do. So he can prove it just by you know, going into one of those blocks. So basically, if you can prove that you've got access to a block and it was the first block, then you're the one who made blockchain, basically. You're Satoshi. Um, so Craig tried to do this. And basically, he set up a room. And in that room, he got Gavin Anderson, who is the person who took over Bitcoin after Satoshi left. He's the reputable face um, of the Bitcoin community, very respected. And... Um, they also got some journalists, BBC, The Economist, and GQ, who you'll know is the reputable face of style, luxury, life, and girls. Why were they there? It, makes no, it still makes no sense to me. But anyway, they um, basically got them all in a room, and Craig went ahead and used, I think, a signature. I think it was from the first block, but actually now I've said that, I can't remember if that's true. Um, but he used a signature from an early block and sent a message to Gavin. And Gavin was like, Yep, that's pretty much proved it for me. Um, he also had some conversations with Gavin, and Gavin was like, yeah, he, he walks the talk, he walks the talk, he walks the walk and he talks the talk of someone who could be Satoshi, so I'm convinced. And Gavin went home and went, yep, I'm going to write this on my blog. Craig also went home and wrote about the proof of what had happened on his blog, but unfortunately what he wrote was actually pretty shit, and it was quite quickly worked out to be fairly faked, and some of the stuff he'd had on there as proof of what he'd done was actually quite clearly cut and pasted from some more public Satoshi um, signatures that were available, like some, some of the key that he said he had wasn't, was a key that everyone sort of knew about. So pretty much the internet just went, no way, Craig, Australian Craig, you're a hoaxer. You're a bloody hoaxer. And, um, oh, he's bloody. Yay. Trying the theme. All right, so basically he... Um, also had a bit of cloud forming at this point because he had spent some time in jail, apparently. Um, he had been investigated for misuse of research funds. It turned out that at the time of his reveal, there was a $15 million deal um, to start a laboratory which was really dependent on him coming out as Satoshi or being Satoshi. So there was a real financial motive there. And 
He also obviously had links to online casinos and he still has links to some um, gambling billionaires who are also a bit in trouble with the law. So we're kind of getting this picture of someone who's not entirely clean um, and maybe, oh, fraud possibly. So people said, come on, this message that you sent to Gavin, you probably faked it somehow. You probably tricked the guy who's developing on Bitcoin. Uh, he's a lead developer on Bitcoin. Um, what you should do, we'll believe you if you move an actual bit of coin from one of, that early, one of those early blocks to another place. So if you actually move coin, we'll know. We'll know that this is the proof. And so he kind of agreed to that, and he set everything up, going to Gavin, and he got there, and he was about to just give the proof, just to put it all to rest and be like, everyone, I am Satoshi Nakamoto. I've got the keys. I can send the Bitcoin. It's really me. But right at the very, very last minute... Instead of doing that, he just turned around, left the room, walked out, and didn't come back. <laughs> I know, right? So, like, why? <laughs> like, is it because he's just, he didn't have it? He just, he was lying the whole time when it came to actually proving it he could? He sent this, like, oh, I wasn't going to do it because I didn't have enough time, but let's do it. He sent this um, blog text. It was like, I'm sorry. I believed I could do this. I believed that I could put the years of anonymity behind me. But as the events of the week unfolded and prepared to publish the proof of access to the earliest keys, I broke. I do not have the courage. I cannot. Those who have supported me, they were not deceived. But I know the world will never believe it now. Very dramatic, but actually the world kind of was watching a bit. Um, and they don't believe it now, according to Reddit which I also read a lot of in my investigations into this case. So I am, so we are, all of us really are back at square one, aren't we? We actually don't really know because the proof, the proof was there, but he, the proof was refused. Um, so you can kind of go either two ways with it. One, he's just a, a hoaxer, a pretty damn good hoaxer, though, um, with what he did and what he proved to Gavin. Um, if, you, if you look this up, you will also find some interesting fan fiction about him hoaxing and potentially um, killing his friend Dave, who was the real Satoshi. And that's really out there. It's pretty amazing. Um, and taking Satoshi's keys and faking it. Um, but I'm kind, of, I'm kind of currently in the camp. So I wrote a book written by someone who followed him around for basically a year. And I think there are a lot of elements uh, that I haven't necessarily talked about all of them tonight, but I think there are still some elements of um, his connection to it. He knows a little bit too much about it. He did have access to send that message from that early block. There are things that suggest that maybe he is somehow part of it, but I guess I don't know if he's all of it. I don't know if he really was this idea of what Satoshi was. Um, Satoshi obviously has been held up as a genius for making this Bitcoin thing, but maybe, maybe Craig Wright actually is a genius because if you think about it, he has found the best hiding place ever. Like, if you wanted to, like, not be known as Satoshi, like, being known as the debunked fraud of Satoshi is probably the next best place to be, right, in, in plain sight. So, true genius um, hiding this way as a $5 billion and now $15 million, that deal didn't go through, obviously, uh, poorer, reputationless fraud. Just brilliant.
that's all we've got time for on this episode of Lost in Science. Thanks for tuning in and joining us. Lost in Science is recorded at the studios of 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. If you want to talk to us, talk back to us, uh, you can get in touch. We have a Gmail account, lostinsight at Gmail. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and on the Facebook uh, and if that's not enough lost in science for you, you can always tune in again next week where the team will once again get lost, lost in science. listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.